quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, you're kidding me. And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another installation of the Inner Circle, your netball podcast. Sharon McMahon with you, as is... Bianca Chatford. B, we're back for another week, so they haven't kicked us off. That's nice. <laughs> we did okay last week, I think. Lots of great feedback on Twitter, and I think that's a really good place uh, to give us feedback on the podcast, what you want to hear about. Uh, we love tackling the big issues, and there's plenty of big issues going on, not just in Super Netball at the moment, but there also is with the Aussie team and that selection that's looming. Absolutely. So let us know your feedback if yes. you're enjoying it, if you've got people that you want to hear from, because... Hopefully we'll be getting access to someone every week. And this week it is Courtney Bruce from the West Coast Fever. So it'd be great to catch up with her shortly about how she's tracking along and what's happening over there uh, with the Fever. But I guess let's start there. <laughs> let's because, start with that game. Uh, as the assistant coach with the Vixens, we went over there um, to Perth and what an incredible game it was, B. And we've been chatting about maybe some burning questions this yeah. week for me. Is the draw okay? Is Do we want it to sit as a draw in the end? No, the draw is not okay. <laughs> we need a result. And I know when we used to play, if it ended in a draw, what a hollow, flat feeling it is. The only thing that helps in this situation with Suncorp Super Netball is the bonus point system and that a draw, you know, you still can get the bonus points to help you out with the ladder. But I just think it's probably a broadcast decision that we don't have a draw anymore because we need to be able to allow the certain amount of time for a game and then obviously go to whatever's programmed next. But I think even if the game goes onto the app, that's how people can watch it if they need to. I feel like we need a result. Uh, I can imagine what the red eye was like on the way home for the Vixens girls, you know, walking away with probably what they feel like was more so a loss. But I think Fever probably would have thought like they are back and they've finally found some form because it was good to see some of that form that we saw from them last year and including without Courtney Bruce, who that's a big loss for them in the defence end. But I really felt like Fever um, found their feet again. Yeah, well, they did. They had some Really nice flow on the ball. They were putting that ball into the attack end really, really nicely. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, sitting on the bench there and in a position with only a couple of minutes to go where we're five goals down. Um, and it's that interesting kind of thing. We were The Vixens were staring down um, the barrel of one premiership point and we salvaged somehow <laughs> three out of that in those final minutes. So there's a lot to like about um, you know, how that game finished. It was incredibly exciting. But you're right, there's nothing quite like a draw to just leave you with an empty feeling. So hollow. <laughs> and I want to touch on that because uh, our audience might not know that you actually sat on the panel, I think you would call it, or, you know, the working group deciding on the bonus point system. And that was last year. Did you ever consider when you were talking on that group about the fact that a draw and the bonus points could help out in that situation? Absolutely. You know, we, we tried to think about when um, the discussions were happening around these bonus points, um, every scenario and the impact that it could have. And look, I think it's an interesting one because, you know, there's been a bit of angst around the bonus point system. And, oh, I, and last I, year especially, especially there was. I think people are... A, a little bit more used to it now and, and I think potentially even the teams are embracing a little bit more and realising 
actually this can be the difference with you making the finals and not, as it almost was for the Vixens last year. It ended up being um, that the Lightning had a draw, so that got them into the finals. But um, I think it changes the approach of teams on on how they're fighting to, to win each quarter. Um, and it's I think it gives just something a little bit extra and that was that was always what the intention of this bonus point system was the, that there is a little game happening or four little games happening within each game and who was on that panel oh well there was a lot of people oh, had, was there? yeah we had um, there were people from a broadcast perspective um, there were people from um, umpires administration um, the club level so there was there so was a- everyone was represented. Yes. So it was, you know, obviously a thorough analysis done to make yeah. sure that when you bring it in. Yeah, it was. And, and as you can imagine, even there was some, not heated discussions, but there was a lot of differing opinions. Of course on- there'd be heated discussions. <laughs> People going, no, no, or yes. And that's and- the thing, when you've, when you've got a group and um, a lot of different perspectives coming together on that, of course, you need to work through everyone's opinion and the issues mm. and, and try and make a balanced decision on on what is what is best for the sport as a yep. whole going forward. Now, whether that's exactly hit the nail on the head, I guess you, you have to try some things and, yeah. and review it if you need to. And that's what I think has been the best thing from my point of view. When I first heard about it, I was thinking, why are we bringing something like that in? But now that I've got used to it, I enjoy it. And from a commentary perspective, it's great to engage in it, that you hear the players uh, and tactically trying to do different things to get the bonus points. The, the one thing that I think is could be a negative of it is that potential bench players are not getting as much court time because you want to win every quarter and it's not about blooding or developing your bench. Harder when you've only got 10 players. Um, but I think that's one of the, the issues that I think younger girls would find with the bonus point system. Yeah, and even that's interesting because when you look at the stats from last year, there are actually more interchanges made last year with the bonus system really? than there were previously. Yeah, right. And I think probably what we're seeing is that teams who are winning – um, and you even look at the stats this year, the Vixens and the Swifts who are sitting on top of the ladder, they're the teams who have made the fewest changes. Yeah. But teams, because maybe they are looking for a, a something different and a little change when things aren't working, maybe they're making the changer, changes sooner than they would have without the bonus point right, because they're okay. going for that win. So th- there's potentially two ways of looking at it and maybe depending on the situation you're in as a team it is a bit more influenced as to whether or not you use those changes. So a draw, is it a yes or no from you? It's a yes. Um, I th- I don't love it, yeah. but I do get the um, the kind of implications from a broadcast perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other sports, major sports, through the season – if, if it's a draw, a draw stands. Um, when we get to finals, obviously, it's a little bit different. We have to keep on pushing through that. But, yeah, I'm okay with it. Just. <laughs> just. just. <laughs> One of the other fascinating games for me was the Swifts and the Lightning because, you know, I thought the Swifts, we've seen them. This is the first loss that they've had. They still played really well and Lightning just got over them in the end. But what an impressive performance by the Lightning. And Laura Langman, who will hopefully get on the podcast at some stage, was saying that it was a lucky break for them in the end to get through that game. So it's great to see them performing so well at the top and the Swifts just keep bringing it every week. Even though they missed out on the win, they still keep bringing it this week, which sets up a huge game against the Vixens. Yeah, it does. And you look at the Lightning and we have spoken about this um, last week and, and people everywhere have the loss of talent that the Lightning had from last year to this year. It, it really is incredible that they have been able to just kind of keep on keeping on and 
Interesting that Laura Langman, although they have now beaten the Swiss who were previously undefeated, she wants more. Yeah. And I think that that is a really good insight into the mentality of that group, that they want more, they're not satisfied. How good was Cara Conan coming on? Yes. You know, there's been so much talk about Peace Proskovia and how Mm -hmm. she's lit this competition up and – that maybe wasn't happening as as well for them. They decided they wanted a change in that goal shooter position and then Cara comes on and absolutely shoots the lights out. And what I'm loving down the defence end, Carla Pretorius and how she plays the game. I think she's got the most intercepts in the league at the moment, but I love how she almost hides behind the shooter. She uses she's so the, sneaky. Yeah, she uses the shooter and the keeper to hide behind and then come out and pounce on those balls that are going into the pocket just a really clever player and one that is probably, you know, you underestimate how much she can dominate because she isn't the tallest defender going around, but she gets her hands on everything. So she is such a dynamite down in their defence end. I can't say that I'm disappointed I've not had to come up against her in my career. (laughs) Actually, imagine you two playing against each other. No, let's not. The athleticism (laughs) of the two of you, you both would have been on the ground all the time going for those balls. Oh, gee, we would have had a good tussle, I'm sure about that. Um, One of the things I wanted to bring up too is um, injuries within this uh, Suncorp Super Netball. I know we're only a couple of weeks in, but it's already sort of shuffling its way out that the top three teams, the Vixen, Swiss and Lightning, are the one without injuries. Every other team that's kind of down towards um, the end of that ladder have actually suffered through injury. The Giants, of course, with Caitlin Bassett, that was in the preseason. Yeah. But she's just finding her form there. Uh, Beth Cobden with the Thunderbirds. Gabby Simpson's been out of that Firebirds lineup. She was only on restricted uh, minutes during the game last week. Courtney Bruce, of course, with the Mm. fever. We'll talk to her later. But it it seems to be having a real impact, at least in the first part of this season. Yeah, and as we know, when you do manage to win a premiership or even get into the grand final, a lot of it comes down to luck with injuries, doesn't it? To have all of the people in your team to be able to get out there every single week. The consistency means a lot. So hopefully none of the top teams... uh, get any injuries in the lead up to the finals. But I imagine Lisa Alexander will be sitting there just hoping that all of the players that she wants in her squad for the World Cup are going to be safe and get through games because it's risky. It is it is a real risk, isn't it? Because the girls want to be performing and playing as hard as they possibly can to get selected, yet you want to make sure that you're fit enough and your body's okay to get on that plane. Yeah, and, well, you bring up the, uh, the spectre of international oh. Election. We've got um, a really big couple of weeks coming up. South Africa name their team today. New Zealand name, name their team tomorrow. England name their team tomorrow. And then the Aussies come later next week naming yes. their team. So, um, you know, for all of those groups, um, some, some interesting times. I'm really interested in the sort of things that the selectors for the Diamonds are looking at. I know on Twitter you were challenged to select yes. your team. How did you go? Is it as hard as what it seems to be? Because uh, it is it is tough. There are it lots is, of people fighting for, for positions. It is, it is really tough. I think the attack end and the defence end, I think that will be fairly clean cut, I think. Okay, <laughs> so okay. I would go mm-hmm. with the two Caitlins at Shooter. Um, I would go with Gretel Tippett and I would go with Steph Wood at right. Goal Attack. Okay. Uh, in the defence end... Uh, April and Courtney Bruce, definitely. Um, I would go with Joe Weston and Emily Mannix. 
as my defenders okay. um, <laughs> because I also like the combinations too that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, the midcourt is where I think there's a lot of questions and even though I said I was going to try and name it, I can't even figure out what combinations are the most important. And when I say that, I've, I missed all of Com Games, so I didn't even get to see what happened at Com Games last year because I was on a reality TV show. <laughs> anyway, that's More part of my things. excuse. Uh, I I really find it hard how Lisa's going to fit in a Gabby Simpson, a Jamie Lee Price. I'm going to throw in someone like a Kate Maloney, Liz Watson, Kim Revillian, Kelsey Brown. How do you do it? Like it is a really tough era. I'd love to know everyone's thoughts on the uh, mid court and what they would like or who they think needs to be in that team because everyone throws their own pros and cons and and yes experience does count Gordy said that last week in when you've played in a world cup and at com games as we know that does help and one thing Lisa keeps saying whenever you hear her interviewed is that we need to pick on players that can back up day after day because it's a very different setup to a Suncorp Super Netball comp where you're playing once a week. As we know, it's exhausting and you have to be able to perform every single day and your body, even though it's getting sore and it's getting tired, you need to be able to perform at the very end of the week when the finals are. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly right. And what you look at is, you know, that always talking about it. it's not just current form, it's previous form, big game performances. So there's a lot that needs to be considered. I don't know that the two ends are as clear cut as you're trying to make it out <laughs> to be. Well done for that though. But um, there are certainly some challenges and the teams will face some challenges too because – most of the teams have got um, athletes, whether they're Australian or international players, who are up for selection. So there are going to be some athletes who are very excited about getting mm. in the team uh, and some athletes who are very disappointed about not getting in the team. And both of those two things bring challenges for the next couple of weeks before they go away to World Cup and upon their return into the Suncorp yeah. Super Netball. So um, that for me will be just as interesting as how people cope with those things as and, yeah. the selection itself. And you're right. And you think from a mental point of view, going into this round of Suncorp Super Netball, you think you're already hearing England, New Zealand, South Africa's team is going to be named all the Australian girls are going to have all of that back in their mind. They're going to see their teams. They're going to know that there's one more weekend for them. And even though the team could be close to being selected, we don't know. It plays on your mind. Mm. You'll be knowing that Lisa Alexander and the selectors are sitting in the crowd watching the games. You've got one last crack. And these are the times you want to see the girls stand up and be at probably their most mentally tough, don't you? Because that's exactly what the World Cup's going to be for them and where they're going to be tested. That's it. It's about performing under those pressure things. So it'll be interesting. We've got South Africa today, New Zealand tomorrow, and Coach Nolene Tarua has already been out in the media saying that she's a little bit worried about the fitness of some of their players. She's set fitness targets, which some of them haven't met. So... There's some That's challenges. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that she's putting it out there. Is that, that like a under promise over deliver kind of mentality? Oh, just maybe. put it out there that just underestimate us because we're not fit enough. Yeah, yet. well, maybe. Maybe she's playing <laughs> reverse mind games. psychology. I like England it. England are out there. They've won the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, of course. They've got an injury to Beth Cobden, who was the wing defence during that. Um, a team with an ACL, so she is out. Emma Abwezi, who was the captain at the time, she hasn't been selected into the team. So <clears throat> some changes afoot for England. So mm. I'm really excited about all that. I'm nervous. It makes me feel sick. I hated selections. Yeah. I found that one of the most challenging 
things to do. And I don't know, like I was always one of those players that had to fight my way into a team. I would never go to selections and know that I was going to be mm. selected. And and I, I know sometimes you would never admit to this, but for you, like you were the number one goaler a lot of the time in the team. And I know, and I know that makes you uncomfortable, but... I, you know, I it just makes you feel sick, and so mm. <laughs> our thoughts are with all of the Aussie players who are. And there is a big process selection. involved too. There's a process. The team gets selected, the players get notified, and there is an appeals process that is in place. That's that right. The players so can go through. Every team has their own selection policy, and the Netball Australia one, which you can find on the Netball Australia website, is that there is a 48-hour appeal uh, time frame. So once the girls, and usually how the team is named, is that. Lisa Alexander will ring all the players uh, individually. individually and she will say whether they're in or out. There's also Angie Bain, who's the wellbeing, uh, I guess, coordinator for the Aussie team, who will be there with the players as well to offer support either way what happens. Uh, and then they get 48 hours where they can, in writing, uh, argue the selection policy and different parts where they think potentially they either are for or against um, and they have to write that to the Netball Australia CEO within the 48 hours. And I, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you if that's ever happened, if anybody's ever challenged selection. Yeah, I don't I don't know of anything. It would have to be extreme, you would think. You would think. To, and it just means, I mean, there's a lot that selectors have to be accountable for. It's not as simply just watching a game and seeing who you think you know, works. There's all these different criteria that they have to meet to be able to select a player in the team. Uh, and that's been thoroughly looked at. So yeah, we all stand by and we wait and we see and uh, hopefully that it's a team that's going to be very successful that they go with. Yes, and no doubt that process is a lot more thorough and perhaps supportive of the athletes than when I was first named in the Australian team where I was sitting in a hotel room with my roommate, which was Liz Ellis, and the team list was slipped under the door. Wow. So things have changed quite a bit since then. Things have changed. And like I Thank remember goodness. When, I, when I was dropped in 2010 and it was just literally – Team was named. If you didn't make it, walk out of the room, go pack your bags, get yourself to the airport, get yourself home. Not, not one person kind of talking to you and seeing how you were. So it's good that from all of our experiences, good and bad, that there's been processes in place that protects the players and supports the players. Yeah, that's right. Because it is a very emotional time. There's no doubt about that. There is so much to talk about. Join us on Twitter. Uh, give us some feedback if there's anything. If you've got your team, let us know what you think it might be as we're coming into it for the Australian Diamonds and the World Cup selection. But excitingly, we do have Courtney Bruce joining us just after this break from the West Coast Fever. Looking forward to that. <laughs> In a circle where Bianca Chatfield and Sherelle McMahon taking you through all the big topics in netball. And as I mentioned before the break, we've got Courtney Bruce joining us on the phone, captain of the West Coast Fever. Courtney, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, firstly, uh, we've got to broach the subject of this elbow of yours. Unfortunately, <laughs> we have seen you sitting on the bench for the past couple of weeks uh, since round one. Uh, there's been a, a lot of conjecture over whether you're being shady and telling us the truth, but it is. It's just bone bruising, isn't it? What, what's it been like over the last couple of weeks for you? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It has been brain freezing. I, I took a bit of a nasty fall. Um, it's it's obviously been tough sitting out the last couple of weeks and um, dealing with the elbow and rehabbing it, rehabbing it back. But um, I'm in a in a way better place um, for for this week. So I've got my fingers tightly tightly crossed. So will we be seeing you out there? 
Um, not sure yet. Still through the dark. Um, I will do my best to convince him, um, but it's all in his hands and not in mine. When, when's the training session that's going to tell us? Uh, it'll be um, it'll be tomorrow okay. before we fly out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How's it been for you? Because you know, when I interviewed you at the launch of Suncorp Super Netball, you know, you were very excited, and there's you know so much anticipation around Fever this season and what they could produce. It must be tough especially being captain of the side and being on the sidelines and and seeing such a slow start? Yeah, it is really, really tough. I guess you have that that feeling of a a bit of guiltiness, um, not being out there and not being able to to help. Um, But um, as Sherelle would probably have heard me on the weekend, I am quite loud on the secondary (laughs) bench. Oh, yes, Um, I could hear you, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And in the spaces of the girls. So um, as much as I'm not on the court, I'm definitely contributing with my voice, which is, good um no it, it has been tough but I think the the girls have really built over the last um I guess two weeks in particular against that first half against the Swiss and then obviously the game on the on the weekend to see a girl like Olivia step up and get her debut and start to get some serious court time it's been exciting to watch and what has been the difference so if you're you know sitting on the sidelines at training watching what do you what's been the difference for you especially in the lead up to the Vixens game because it was a completely different fever lineup yeah, I definitely just think it's that in, that intent and that, that mongrel. I think we're a team that's been known in the past for just going hard on balls and contesting, and I think that was missing in the first couple of weeks and just having that presence out there, and the girls started to bring that in training, which I think really transferred um, over into the game on the weekend. Take me back. Uh, just wanting to go back with your individually. Uh, experience over the last couple of weeks. You've been on the sidelines. You, you're a player who likes to exert your influence on on the court. What has it been like for you to have to sit off on the sidelines and, yes, uh, put your voice out there but, but not be out there in body? Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a learning curve. I've, I guess I've had, um, seen as I've been off the court more, I've had more time to actually sit with players um, and the girls one-on-one and, I guess, help them with any, um, I guess, specific issues like on the court that they're, they're dealing with. And I guess that's been my way that I've been able to contribute to the, to the group and um, still, I guess, have my presence felt out there. Um, that's probably how I operate the best anyway in that really one-on-one situation. So I think I've been able to maximise my time with the girls and I just help hopefully influence them that way off the court um, to get an outcome on the court. Has, has it been a frustrating start to the season for you? Uh, yeah, it has been. Um, obviously, coming off the grand final last year to, to being where we are right now um, is, is frustrating. Um, but I guess, you know, we're in a bit of a, a building phase with our, with our goal attacks and getting Kaylee and Alice up there. But um, I, I think that we're definitely... We've definitely hit our straps and drawn a, drawn a line in the sand um, for the next um, five rounds before the break. I want to talk to you about the diamonds and the selection that's looming. Uh, can you just explain to us what it's like being a player and knowing that that selection is happening you know, over the weekend and you'll know next week? How are you feeling about that? Because it's a little out of your control at the moment when you haven't been able to actually get out there. Yeah, um, it, is, it is petrifying, um, especially knowing that you'll get a call sometime next week. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, a, yeah, like you said, a bit of different, a bit of a different boat, knowing that I haven't been out in the court. So I guess personally, I just need to back my past performances in. But um, it's such a daunting experience. Um, to yeah, like I said, to know you're getting a phone call, and that phone call decides whether you 
you're heading to Liverpool or not. Um, I hate phone calls normally, so they scare <laughs> me the best, especially when Lisa's on the phone. So, um, they're not the greatest, but uh, yeah, we'll see. And does Lisa communicate with all the players, you know, in the in the lead up to this? Like, is she talking to you just saying, you know, obviously you're still in contention with your injury? How much does she communicate with you? Um, oh, I was going to say, I haven't really heard from her. But I should have... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I've been in, like, uh, I guess been talking to the physio and everyone like that. I've had a message from Lisa, um, so that's, that's good. She kind of leaves us to, our, to ourselves while we're in um, Suncourt World, which is, which is nice. Talk to us about the draw on the weekend. Bianca and I have been chatting about whether we think the draw should stand in the normal part of the season. What was the feeling within the group uh, on the weekend after the draw? Was it was it something that was exciting because of the start of the year or was it a bit of a hollow feeling? Uh, definitely a hollow feeling. I think and no one wants to walk away with a draw. It's just a bit of a nothing outcome for sure. So the group was a bit, obviously happy that we were able to put four quarters out there but disappointed that we obviously couldn't finish that, that last quarter off and um, not be able to, to take take a win. Um, yeah, I do think it's a bit of an empty feeling. Um, no team yeah, no team gets the, the positive outcome that they want from that. So is it a yes or no to a draw for you? As in, would you rather play it extra time? I would rather play extra time. Oh, there so, you go. Don't you like saying that too when you actually weren't out there playing? Because you're like, yeah, girls, go for it. Play extra time. I would love to play extra time. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Um, it's, uh, you've got a, a couple of big games coming up too. The, against the Magpies, you're coming to Victoria and then across to Bendigo. So it's a massive trip for you. Gee, they didn't think you were coming far enough from Perth. They decided know, to put you on a so bus unfair. down to Bendigo as well. But um, a big game against the Magpies. They've been tracking along pretty nicely as well how's the feeling of that big big trip um yeah we've, we've always went to bendigo in pre-season so um we're, we're across of how far it is and um <laughs> what what we can do while we're in bendigo but no i think the group's excited to to head over um yeah we leave a day early so we've got um tomorrow's part of tomorrow's a travel day so we get over there a bit early and um I guess, just settle in. But, yeah, I think the girls are excited. Like I said, obviously there was a lot of positives to walk away from that Vixens game. So um, to hit hit the um, Magpies in the form that we believe we're in now, um, everyone's really, really excited. And we had a good hit out against them in Bendigo in pre-season. Now, we know it is tough, the travel that you have to do. Are the things that you have in place for, as a team that, that help you with all that extra travel compared to other teams? Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. We, oh, I guess we call it lucky. We travel a day, um, two days out on longer trips. So Brisbane, um, Bendigo, we're all travelling early, which um, helps us just settle settle in. Um, there's, there's nothing else crazy that we, we do. Um, no business class flights. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. There is exit rows, which are, which are handy. Now, does the exit row just go on the tallest girls, get the exit row, and if, you, if you're small, get out? Uh, yes, it does at the moment, but we do have a bit of an issue with that. Jess Ants just has been taking it over Olivia Lewis, so it's mm. causing a bit of issues at the moment. Um, 
Olivia's a baby, so she can she can stay where she is. She can suck it up. And <laughs> yeah. Sit in the normal seat. <laughs> I know. Like I'd sometimes walk on the plane, and Sherelle would be in the exit row, and I'd be oh, like, that "Oi, never get happened. out!" <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> hey, Courtney. The other thing I read uh, on Twitter was that your game day atmosphere rating, given by your fans, has been rated as a ten out of ten. Now I've got to say, as an opposing team coming into the fortress that is Perth arena it is it's like a whole nother player almost it, it, it is a great atmosphere and that is something that you guys have been working really hard on isn't it yeah it's definitely something that we pride ourselves on the club has done a fantastic job at um trying to to lift the game day experience Perth arena oh, RAC arena sorry is the I honestly think it's the best arena to play in in Australia. Of course you would um, think that. <laughs> um, so um, I think they've done a, a great job. Um, I guess we've been lucky enough to help um, have Gordy help out with all that that side of things too in our little entrances when we run out on the court. But Fever fans are very loud and they make it extremely loud and you cannot hear a thing in that arena. <laughs> that, is, that is true. It is very tough. But... Um, how, how important do you think that side of things is for netball and particularly individual netballers playing within the SSN this year? You know, this uh, idea of really putting netball out there, promoting it. Do you see that as a big responsibility for you or is that just kind of part of what you have to do? Uh, I guess there is a bit of a responsibility. And like I said, we've had, we've had Gordy with us um, telling us and helping us through this. But I think it's... Um, it's definitely good to, I guess, get out there and we get to show our personalities a bit and um, get the crowd involved. And I think, you know, we want to obviously get numbers up and more people watching that ball. And if it's the little things of us engaging with the crowd and, um, I guess, yeah, showing showing ourselves off a bit, then I'm, yeah, like I said, more than happy to to do that if it helps netball as a, as a whole. That's where I think, too, social media plays a great role in that girls can show more of their personalities, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter. And I, I'm sure you would have seen all the controversy around the updates around your injury and how <laughs> everyone's been saying, just tell us. What have, you, what have you thought about that? Have you just thought of getting on Twitter and going, shut up, everybody. Like, let me just do it myself in my own way. Courtney wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'll say it for you. <laughs> Um, I've definitely, definitely thought about it. It's fine <laughs> just to give me some space. Um, but I guess um, it's getting netball, netball talking, um, getting getting my name out there, yeah. getting the club's name out there. So I guess that's positive in in some lights. Um, and it's I guess it's continuing to keep fever in the in that main light spotlight at the moment. Um, but yeah, people people can 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 back off every now and then. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just having a little bit of a break. And. To backtrack a little bit, another like a lot of people are commentating on Twitter around the Aussie team that's going to be selected, uh, and I know when you know I was playing when Sherelle was playing, like not even we really could pick the team half the time. Like it's a surprise to us, and it's you know it's a headache for us to even figure out how we fit into it all. Are you the same? Like, is it a clean cut team in your eyes or not? Uh, oh, definitely not. I think there's been so many people that have put their hands up this season already and we're only just at the start of the season um yeah no I do not um want to ever be a selector because that is an impossible <laughs> job that I think they have at the moment although how fascinating would it be to actually hear their conversations <laughs> like if, that would be one great reality show is to have some yeah. cameras on everybody and be able to watch it what they all decide and how they decide 
Don't, that'd be daunting. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if the current players would enjoy it as much as you, Bianca, but anyway. <laughs> New TV ID Channel 9, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, put it out there. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you and you can hear the energy in your voice and the other teams should watch out because it looks like the fever have hit some form and are coming for us all. Yes, I'll be in Bendigo, so I can't wait to see you out there, Court. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Courtney Bruce there, the captain of the West Coast Fever. I was really hoping that she'd be like, yeah, see you out there. Like, <laughs> she's still not giving you that little still tidbit. Still not giving it to uh, me, but it was great to get her insight, wasn't it? Um, she's one of those players that I love that she actually is, is so honest with what she thinks and you always know, you know, she's always out there giving it a good crack, whether it's uh, off the court or on the court. Yeah, she is. And seriously, you can hear her. That's a very loud arena, Perth Arena, but you can hear her uh, yelling out from that secondary bench when she was there. So she's certainly into it. So, look, well, great chat, B. I can't believe we've almost we've come to the end already. So much more that we can talk about. But lucky enough, we'll be back next week. Oh, we will be. I we can't will. wait. So there'll be lots more to talk about there, next week. There will be with all those selections happening. And I believe we have the CEO of Netball Australia, Marnie Fechner, joining us next week. So that will be... Be very intriguing conversation. I can't wait. Yeah, that would be great to have Marnie in to chat about everything that's going on. Uh, very, very much looking forward to that. What's the thing you're looking forward to most uh, in round five? Uh, definitely the Vixen Swifts game. That's the one that I think is going to really show which team is in the best form. Yeah, both teams in seriously good form. And, and as as we know too, Vixens or Victoria taking on New South Wales, it doesn't matter how teams are going or what players are in form, those games are always such a tough contest because both teams play a similar style. Mm. So there will be a lot of bodies on the ground because everyone's playing one-on-one and contesting that ball as hard as they possibly can. So it's going to be a physical one. Well, it will, as it always is every week. It would seem In our non-contact of, sport. <laughs> our semi-contact sport, let's make that clear. It's certainly not con- non-contact anymore. I'm obviously really looking forward to, to that match-up on Sunday afternoon. The other one for me, I know we've mentioned it before, but it is that Magpies Fever game. I think that is a big one. Who, who's your tip in that one? Well, I think the Magpies will just get over the line but I don't know. I, I enjoyed listening to Courtney there and I just yeah. feel like there's a, you know, that, that game that they played on the weekend and over the last couple of weeks is just starting to build their confidence back up. And they are a team that base their wins on confidence, don't yep. they? And once they get it, it's hard to take it off them. Yep. So if they're building that, everyone watch out. Fever might be back. And certainly with a player like Janelle Fowler in that goal circle, they can score very, very quickly. Well, Bianca, thank you so much again for your time in the inner circle. It has been fantastic to chat all things netball. And Thanks, I can't Sharon. wait to do it again next week. Good luck to all the international players on their World Cup selection. Absolutely. We'll chat all about that next week.